Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Good morning, Erickson Covenant Church. Hello again. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor Rob Peterson. I am the Associate Superintendent of the County of the Covenant, and it is a gift to be able to preach this morning. So I trust that uh, the video will go okay and that uh, together we will learn how it is to live a spirit-filled life. I would invite you just for a moment to join me just in silence. I invite you to take some deep, deep breaths as we prepare to hear God's word today. So join me. Let's just be aware of God with us in worship today. God, would you take this moment when we turn our hearts to listen to your voice, would you take this moment and fill it with your Holy Spirit? Give us ears to hear. Amen. If you've ever sat listening to the last breaths of someone you love, you know the power of fresh air. Those moments between breaths when you are waiting, wondering if this might be your loved one's last breath, those are holy moments. We wonder, is this the last breath? If you've ever been in a delivery room, Listening for the cry and the first breath of air of an infant, you know the power of fresh air. Pastor Tom told me that he's preaching on the theme of the Holy Spirit. And for me, when I think of the Holy Spirit, I think of the fresh air of God's empowering presence. You also know that Pastor Tom... <laughs> is doing a crazy thing like what is he doing running so far but he will need fresh air as he runs um or ran probably is probably the case he i think he, he did it uh, on saturday so anyway um god give pastor tom lots of fresh air you know uh, but the power a fresh air to fill our lungs, to oxygenate our blood so that we can keep moving forward is a vital part of our physical being and reality. It's absolutely essential for daily life, this air that we breathe. I think this is, this is why Willimon and Hauerwas, who wrote a little book on the Holy Spirit, here's the first sentence of this book. 
Christians are nothing without the Holy Spirit. Without the breath of God's empowering presence, Christians and Christian churches are lifeless. We are anemic. You've been making your way through this theme of the Holy Spirit, and I hope that I don't repeat anything that you've heard. And certainly if I say something that is kind of like different than what Pastor Tom said, Pastor Tom is always right. I'm joking. But what I want to do today with you, I want to take us back to Acts 2, to Pentecost. I want to, I want to just kind of linger in this chapter and its stories as a reminder again of the central place of the, the fresh air of God's Spirit. We need it. I trust that you've heard a portion of that scripture read, and I'm going to walk through a bit of the scenes to, together. But Acts 2 is a critical moment in the life of the early church, the new church. Um, so you have several scenes in this one. Um, the first is to remember that Jesus told the disciples after his ascension, Okay, after the resurrection, after Jesus has gone back to the Father, there is an instruction that they are to follow, and we find this in Acts 1. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, in the opening part of Acts 2, they are in Jerusalem, they are huddled together, and they are waiting. Here's some of these verses again in Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they are all together in one place. They're there, they're waiting. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They, see, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Do you get the picture? They're together, they're waiting for the promise of the Spirit. And the Spirit comes, and it is a chaotic moment. Anything but simple. They're waiting in obedience. The fresh air of hope by the Holy Spirit was coming, but there was a gap. There was a gap between where they were and what the Spirit was going to do with them. They were experiencing the challenges of, of life uh, in light of this Christ, the Messiah. They were afraid. They had anything but conviction. They had anything but courage. They're huddled together in fear. And 50 days now after the resurrection... The Holy Spirit comes. They're all together in one place. And the fresh air of the Spirit comes upon them. 
It's a grand disruption. It's a sudden moment. Something was going down. The fresh wind of the Spirit was moving. And Luke's language, in a sense, conveys the uncontrollable event, the chaoticness of the Holy Spirit coming. Fire-like elements seem to be burning on their head. I think this is more a, a descriptive language than, quote, a real language of actual their hair burning. It, it's, a, it's a way of, 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 of Luke to capture that there is something inexplicable going down for them at this moment when they receive the Holy Spirit, these few huddled together in Jerusalem. And then, you know, the story goes on. They begin to speak in these languages and they spill out into the streets. And people are hearing the good news of what God has done in Christ in their own language. These disciples who, who, who are timid and, and lack courage now are spilled out into the world, into, the, into Jerusalem. And there is something going on. And there's, there's the charge that they're intoxicated by the Spirit that is blowing fresh wind into their, into their life. But the Spirit comes, and it does this work. Now, when we say the Holy Spirit, I just want to pause for a second, we actually are meaning God. We don't have time this morning to kind of unpack how the Scriptures hold this beautiful mystery of the Father and the Son and the Spirit together as one, I just want to remind us, when we're saying the Holy Spirit, we are, are in essence saying God. But in this case, in our story, in Acts 2, we are given a window into the work of God as Spirit in the birthing of the new church. It is a disruptive moment. It's inexplicable. What the Spirit does is disrupts their life. Several years ago, in fact, many years ago, as a pastor in Saskatoon, we were in a worship service, and during uh, one of my messages, there was a pause in the message, and a young woman stood up right in the middle of my sermon, and she said very graciously, Pastor Rob, I think God has a word for us this morning in light of the text we're looking at. I would like to offer a prayer. And being a pastor, a kind pastor that I am, I said, of course. And so this woman is standing among us, about 100 people. She stood and she prayed, and she prayed in tongues. If you've ever been in a setting where that has happened, it can feel very unusual or a disruption. And I think sort of led by the Spirit afterwards, I just said, let us sit in silence. Maybe God will help us understand this word. And sure enough, in the next moment of silence after this young woman prayed, someone else stood up and said, Pastor Rob, this is what the Lord has for us today. And she gave an interpretation of this prayer. It was a Holy Spirit moment. That doesn't happen often it's happened a few times in my life, but it doesn't happen often in the church. But when these things happen, they're like, what, what do we make of it? It was for us, a young church, Covenant Church, College Park, it was a beautiful moment of God encouraging us 
to continue the path that we were pursuing. It was a word of encouragement by the Holy Spirit through two young women in our church. I will never forget that. The Holy Spirit in Acts 2 comes, disrupts their their fear, disrupts their timidity, and ushers them into mission, speaking in languages that make sense to all the people gathered in Jerusalem on that day. They break into the streets, they share the love of God, and everyone is surprised. I love this story of Acts 2, of how the Spirit comes to disrupt the normal, disrupts our everyday lives, and does something that's absolutely necessary in the history of this particular group of people. God shows up with God's empowering presence. It rests on the people. It inspires them. It guides them. And so they're in mission together. And then Peter, the rest of the part of the story, Peter takes all of this interrupted, chaotic moment, a bit like, you know, too many three-year-olds with not enough parent helpers. If you've ever been in a room like that, it's unpredictable. You don't know kind of what's going on. There's a little controlled chaos. Peter, the apostle, this unlearned fisherman, gives them now a framing story, another story, to help them understand what was going on. And he stands up among this mass of people assembling because of the movement of the Spirit. And he says, do you know what? God spoke about this a long time ago. And then Peter, the apostle, he quotes Joel. He says, In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on your sons and daughters, and they will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. So Peter gives them a a context that actually, this was God's intended purpose, that that. God's presence by Holy Spirit would be with the people. And he goes on, and Peter then gives this moving, moving sermon inspired by the Holy Spirit. So he's speaking in an intelligible language to help people understand what's going on. And a little bit later in chapter 2, this is what the text says. Seeing uh, this is this is Peter part of Peter's sermon. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. Peter's talking about Jesus. God raised Jesus to life, and we are witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. That's amazing. And then it goes on. The people said, well, what do we do? And Peter says, here's what you need. You need faith in Christ and you need the Holy Spirit. Peter, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, all whom the Lord your God will call. And then this chapter ends with some of the most inspiring words of what I would describe as a spirit 
faith-filled people. This is what happens as a result of this encounter with the fresh wind of God. They devoted themselves to, to learning the apostles' teachings. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread together in fellowship. They devoted themselves to being filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all together in fellowship. They had everything in common. Anybody who had a need, they would sell property and give to anyone as they needed. Every day they continued to worship God. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all their neighbors. And the Lord added to their number daily. That to me is a moment of profound <laughs> disruption. Taking this afraid little group of people, filling them with the Spirit, and changing, in a sense, the history of the world. Wow. The lid is blown off by the coming of the fresh wind of God's empowering presence. A new history begins, a spirit-filled history. In the early 1970s, uh, I, I, I discovered this story. I didn't know this story, but I lived in Saskatoon for many years, uh, as, as I referred earlier. And I, I came across a, a story about Ralph and Lou Sutera. They're twins, and they're followers of Christ. They were pastors, and they, they were called by God to go to Saskatoon and to preach. They held a meeting in Ebenezer Baptist Church. And God did something through those two brothers. If you read, if you can read about it, just Google Sutera Twins, Saskatoon, 1970s. You can read the story of how God's Spirit began in a small worship service, and over the course of two months, thousands of people came to worship God, to get right with God, to bring their whole selves, their broken selves, their sinful selves, into the presence of God for healing and forgiveness and for empowerment. The story is an amazing story because it, it really did shape not only Saskatoon congregations in the early 70s, but it spilled out into Western Canada and spilled into the uh, Eastern United States. The revival of the Sutera twins is a little-known story, but I, I tell it because 1970 is actually not that far ago, long ago. Yeah, it seems like a long time ago. What is that? 50 years ago? Now, it's not like the great Welsh revivals or the Great Awakening in North America, if you know anything about the history of these sort of movements. But it reminds me, what would it be like to have that sort of movement, that sort of fresh air, God's empowering presence, happen within our congregations? Now, the danger of highlighting the extraordinary is that we forget that the Holy Spirit is also in the ordinary. So I would want to affirm 
that God's Spirit is working in ordinary ways. It, Erickson Covenant Church is working in ordinary ways, causing us, encouraging us to keep following in the way of Jesus even when we're discouraged. But I wonder, I wonder as you hold this theme together as a congregation around the Holy Spirit, if there might be a desire in you as a congregation for more. When I hear stories like Acts 2 and other places where the Spirit does amazing things, I always feel empowered, amazed, and, 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 and inspired. But I also feel somber that there's a gap. There seems to be a gap between the big, fresh movement of God in extraordinary ways and my own lived experience of the Spirit. There is a gap. But what would it be like for us to pray, to cultivate a Spirit-led life, to cultivate a life of the Spirit as a congregation or as a follower of Jesus myself? I think there's ways to do this, but, but ultimately it has to do, I think, with this longing and asking. Another text that the Apostle Paul writes about is, continually be in in Ephesians, continually be filled with the Spirit, what would that look like in our daily life to cultivate? I think this cultivation of Spirit living in daily life happens in a number of different ways. I want to just highlight a few. It actually comes out of chapter 2, but there's certainly this emphasis on prayer. What would it look like for Erickson Covenant, for, for Rob Peterson, to cultivate through prayer a longing that the Holy Spirit would be ever-present among us and in us and work through us? What would it look like to pray that God's empowering presence would be welcomed, would be sought after, that we wouldn't settle for comfortable, that we would ask in day in and day out, in persistent prayer, until our hearts are opened more and more and our minds are inspired with the possibility that maybe God would give us a fresh blowing of fresh air of the Spirit to fill our sails as a congregation and as a people. That we could pray for a fresh air invasion into our daily lives that would result in wisdom, result in love, in a new reading of God's word, in a new appreciation for call to holiness and to love and to care and to mission. What would that look like, that kind of prayer? Acts, Acts 2 in particular, is sort of an inexplicable moment in the history of the church, but it was a critical moment. Without the coming of the Spirit, they would be nothing. What would it look like for us to be charged and named, oh, those people are intoxicated with God? Something to think about. I read about uh, several years ago, I read a little book that I found helpful. 
And so as I, as I thought about how am I going to end my message with Erickson Covenant today, I'm thinking about this. You, you have the text, Acts 2. You have this larger theme of working through the Holy Spirit over the last several weeks. We have the truth that the Spirit wants to come and give us all that we need for the moment, for our particular moment in history, right now, in Erickson. God desires to give us more of the Spirit. But what does it look like in daily life? How do we live this kind of Spirit-led life? And so the little book that I want to reference now is called 40 Days with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm, I'm not selling it. It's not my book. But I found it helpful for 40 days. I just kind of read, I read just tiny, it's like, it's like two pages a day. It's, it's called 40 Days with the Holy Spirit by Jack Levinson, L-E-V-I-S-O-N. I'll send Pastor Tom the title, or you can look it up on Amazon, 40 Days with the Holy Spirit by Jack Levinson. And what I appreciated about it is he frames this daily spirit life around several themes related to the spirit. That, that the spirit is, is the very spirit that gives us breath and life. That the spirit enables us to pray and to know the heart and the mind and the will of God. The Holy Spirit allows us to practice the life of following Jesus in the world. The Holy Spirit helps us in our learning of Christ and his ways and means. The Holy Spirit leads us into mission, opening up opportunities for us. The Holy Spirit builds the church to be the spiritual house that we're to be. And the Holy Spirit calls a blossoming into the character and likeness of Jesus Christ. I like how he frames these themes and every chapter begins with a text on the Holy Spirit. So Erickson Covenant Church, as you listen to the Spirit, maybe some of you will be invited to pick up this guide on the Holy Spirit, 40 Days with the Holy Spirit. But, but maybe that's not even the point. <laughs> maybe the point is, as you listen today, do you have any sense that there's a gap, a gap between you and God, or a gap between what you know to be the way of following Christ and where you are, or a gap between what you know should be happening in the world and you don't see it happening, or a gap between what you know to be the nature and the effectiveness and the power of the church and where you actually are right now. That's in the gap it's holding the difference between where we are and where God would like us to be that we ask, Holy Spirit, blow the fresh wind of your empowering presence into the gap, into the gaps of our life. That would be my prayer personally. And that would be my prayer for you, Erickson Covenant Church, that you would be encouraged to keep moving with the Spirit, asking for Spirit help in daily life, in your congregational life. Not for our own benefit ever. <laughs> Though, yes, we get filled with joy and gladness when the Spirit is at work in our life, but it's always the movement of the Spirit. 
is to push us out into the streets, <laughs> to be the hands and the words and the presence of Christ in the world. The fresh air of the Spirit is for mission. So, the Lord bless you as you seek with me to pray for the Holy Spirit each and every day. God watch over your coming and your going. God be with you in the morning and in the evening. The Lord keep you from all harm. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take care. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.